The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Papa, can you hear me? Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We're going to start the show off with a song from Night Surf out of Starville, Mississippi. A song called Lies, Lies, Lies.
Well, let's get the show going. I am in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Oz Music off of 15th. And I have Jimmy Blake and Jason Templeton with me here today. And um, not only do they work here at Oz Music, they're also musicians themselves. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that influence and uh, just some of the great music that Oz has here. And so, guys, just to open up, uh, Jimmy, why don't you open it up with, um, you know, just growing up, uh, how'd you get in the music, man? Was it mom and dad's records or a cousin? What did that look like? Oh, yeah. I always, um, all the time when my mom would drive us to school or drive me to school, uh, she used to play classic rock radio a lot. Yeah. And she absolutely refused to play anything else. <laughs> so I grew up on a lot of the, like, just classic rock standards. Um, and then when I was seven, I, uh, was, I started learning to play violin. Okay. Um. So what kind of caused that? Uh, the violin? Yeah. I told my mom I wanted to play guitar, and she told me if I did that, I had to play violin first. So cool. I just got signed up for private lessons through the local college on Alabama. Okay. I was going to say, if you was down there with, uh, was it Guitar guitar Gallery? Oh. I didn't no. know if any of those guys. Uh, I know they give lessons. Nah, I've never done lessons down there, but frequent visit in that shop. Yeah. Sure, man. So what about you, man? Well, my... Uh the musical talent in my family, I feel like, skips a generation at a time. <laughs> my uh, my grandmother on my dad's side was a really talented pianist, and my great-grandfather on my uh, grandmother's side, on my mom's side, was a super big pianist in uh, in Europe in his time in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of knew about that history growing up, and I've always been interested just from what I knew about that. And uh, I, I wouldn't really say my music taste developed until, like, middle school. Yeah. But I was always interested in song structure as a kid, and I think my, my parents could tell. And when I got to uh, middle school, I started taking piano lessons, because I was an edgy emo kid. I thought that was boring, so I switched to guitar. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure why. I didn't really have any strong influences that pushed me in any direction until high school-ish. Yeah. And so just talking about like structure, was uh, Rush something that you picked up down the line and yeah, that was a big uh, influence? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing, like, huge respect for Rush was, like, yeah. it's always so well-constructed. <laughs> Alex Lifeson is one of my favorite guitarists, definitely. Yeah. I was a big metal guy, and I, I discovered, like, a bunch of post-hardcore bands in middle school, and that got me into, like, old-school extreme metal in high school, like, yeah. Morbid Angel and Dark Throne, and that uh, those bands are kind of where the core of my musical identity was started, at least, and I've kind of gone backwards into, like, progressive rock, jazz, pop, and all sorts of other stuff from, from that direction. Okay, and just for each of you, like, uh, Jason, what does that look like today? Do you still see those influences in your guitar oh, yeah. playing? absolutely. Like, um, my favorite band of all time is Opeth, and okay. uh, they, the way they play guitar in craft songs definitely has a strong influence in my songwriting, as well as uh, kind of the more conceptual-based focus which I, I guess, derived from, like, Stephen Wilson and yeah. a lot of the 70s prog rock bands like Pink Floyd and Rush. I, I like more conceptual uh, journeys, so to speak, rather than just a simple pop structure. Yeah, that's, uh, that was something that we have been talking about with just uh, albums uh, over the years. It's something that uh, I haven't really seen in a while was having that, like, prog rock, that Pink yeah, Floyd, yeah. where it's like you're riding a roller coaster, man. This is a trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it starts in one place and it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be skipped. It's, yeah, you got to take the whole ride. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I. I mean, I, I want to craft some sort of sonic universe uh, from start to finish and let it be. A, I guess make an album that's greater than the sum of its parts, so to speak. Yeah, sure. So, uh, what about you, man? Uh, with guitar, I'm, it's kind of a little bit different. I uh, started off with a lot of blues influence in my guitar mostly. I started playing. Um, Right after I started learning to play guitar, I got uh, a gig playing in a local blues band. Yeah? What um, was that band? Uh, it was called Powerhouse. It didn't do much other than like a few talent show gigs and stuff. Okay. But um, that's where I started all my roots, was playing uh, like lead and fills in a blues band. And then I started getting into more stuff like class, uh, more rock and stuff. Um, like favorite band, or favorite guitarist of all time, as cheesy as it is, was definitely Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Uh, I have a like a 1986 Kramer uh, guitar that I bought nice. just because of that that I threw a Seymour Duncan JB and uh, another like put together Frankenstrat guitar that I um, have an EVH pickup in nice but um, that's like 
definitely my influences uh, when it comes to that is a lot of just like shred stuff mm-hmm. um like getting into high school now i got into a lot of like thrash metal bands mm-hmm. and that's um me and a, another friend of mine has started a band called holy smoke which is gonna it's like a mostly influences with like doom and thrash with bands like uh toxic holocaust um megadeth exodus stuff like that okay yeah and so, like, those early blues, was that, like, uh, going back to, like, the uh, the Hill Country blues, like, R.L. Burnside, or uh, where were you at on the blues? Stuff more like, um, kind of like Freddie King kind of stuff, and then I okay. really got into Stevie Ray Vaughan um, yeah. for a while. I was always, I don't know, I was always just really attracted to, like, the greats kind of stuff. Yeah, one thing about um, SRV, man, was, I don't know if there was ever a, a better guitarist, like, uh, rhythmically. Um, and doing leads at the same time, like um, the dude was incredibly talented. Yeah, um, scuttle button is a uh, it's a bucket list check mark eventually for me to be able to play. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, a guy I took lessons from in Columbus. His name was uh, Dennis McKay, and uh, his biggest inspiration was uh, SRV. And um, like he taught me how to play one SRV song, and it was like a milestone. You know, I was like, I, I didn't think I'd be on that level. I remember that being a big deal because uh, with lead players, it seems like you always take one way or the other, maybe with the exception of Clapton. Like when you think about greats like that, it's yeah. like they were awfully good at playing lead or awfully good at rhythm. Yeah. And uh, he had a way of, it seemed like, both. To plug one of my favorite albums that came out of 2019, it was Tap Dancing Daddy by Taylor Hollinsworth. Um, the first time that I saw him in Westphalia, I needed a rod and reel to reel my jaw back up to where it should be. The guy's a phenomenal guitarist and songwriter. And so here is Tap Dancing Daddy. <laughs> Keep having to repeat 
like are both of y'all originally from Northport, Tuscaloosa area? I'm actually from Sandy Springs, Georgia. I, I go to school at the university here. Okay, so how long have you been in town, man? Um, This is my sophomore year, so this is year two. Gotcha. So what's you studying over there? Uh, aerospace engineering. Okay, cool, man. And always from here? Born and raised. Born and raised. Uh, I go to high school down the street from here. Okay. I'm a senior. Okay, cool, man. And so um, just meeting each other in uh, this place, how did how'd y'all find Oz Music and getting a job here, and why did you want to work here? Um, I started collecting records two, three years ago or so. I got yeah. a record player for my grandma for my birthday one year. And as far as I know, this is the only record store in town. And so freshman year, I'd come here on the weekends and hang out and look for more records and noticed that someone here had an anthrax shirt <laughs> and realized that I'd want to get a job here too. Yeah. And uh, at, at least try to branch out into the music scene and meet some people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it helps that Druid City's right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, man, like, what about you, like, getting a job here? Um, I used to, my mom worked at the law office at, mm-hmm. um, in U, at UA, and I used to walk there from school every day. In the freshman year, I was walking there one day, and I saw Oz Music, and I didn't know what it was. So I was like, I got free time. I'll check out the music shop, and uh, spent, like, 30 minutes in here just browsing around, looking at stuff, and uh, then I applied a little bit later, and then there I am. Yeah. Um, in the area as far as selection um oz has got the best uh like i've been to other record stores in this area like a maybe i don't know take it all the way to over to startville and you know that big of a radius and yeah. it's hard to find a place that has a selection this big like for a lot of different genres it's normally based on uh, yeah just what's really hot right now but i mean you can literally find anything in here especially for the our use section a lot of record stores don't really have a good use section um, yeah we get new stuff in every week and I found several hidden gems in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I, I like seeing the posts that y'all put up with the things that are coming oh, in, yeah, you know. Oh, I was yeah. like, man, I haven't seen that surface in a while. Or... Mm-hmm. It's great. So we get a lot of good stuff because you can see we always take used records from people. Yeah. Which, uh, getting people's collections all the time leads us to getting a lot of really good stuff. Right. There was um, in Tupelo, it's like the um, Salvation Army uh, type store, and they have a $1 um, record yeah. And um, a buddy of mine went up there the other day. All, he, he'll usually buy them out when he goes, whether it's good or not. And you have to check them. A lot of times they're not any good. But he found a Led Zeppelin II that was near mint, and he got it for a dollar. Yeah. That's a, that's a good find. <laughs> that's a steal. I remember when I first started working here, there uh, was an old British band called Camel. I really like kind of from the prog rock scene. And their guitarist, Andy Latimer, is one of my, one of my biggest influences in terms of style. Yeah. And I found... Uh, Shortly after I started working here, I found an original pressing of their Mirage album in the used section, and I, I freaked out and had to take it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And so uh, just to talk about last year, and then we'll talk about the decade, it was, um, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting conversation to have, is uh, whoever wants to take the first jump on it, just for 2019, uh, what was some of your favorite records that came from that era, from that year? Uh... I really enjoyed uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards infest the Rat's Nest. Okay. And uh, so, like, what kind of genre is that if people were unfamiliar? Well, they're like a psychedelic rock band from Australia, and they've they've done a lot of stuff, folk, jazz, psychedelia, progressive rock, and then at the end of last year, they surprised everyone by releasing a thrash metal album. <laughs> and it was... It, 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 they still had a lot of their kind of psychedelic cheese all the way through it, so it was just a, a really fun, enjoyable listen. Yeah. And they had a lot of, like, space themes and stuff, and it's just a wild ride all the way through. So it kind of goes back to that idea that we were talking it about does, earlier yeah. with that Pink Floyd where it's, like, riding the ride. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Baroness also had uh, did really well with their Golden Grey album okay. from last year. They're from Savannah, Georgia, so I have some pride. <laughs> yeah, definitely from the South. Home state. Uh, Opeth's new record in Cow to Venom. It's a crazy prog rock record, very theatrical, even for them. Uh, no Man, Stephen Wilson's kind of art rock side project, released this super weird disco album that basically was two 20-minute songs, and I thought it was crazy. I loved it. <laughs> and then the, I think my weirdest pick for 2019 was 100 Gex, 1,000 <laughs> Gex. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to call them. Uh, electro, bubblegum, bass, 
kind of digital glitch trap, whatever. Yeah. Just whatever words you can put together. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most insane, like, modern digital music I've ever heard, but yeah. it's Gotta very to enjoyable. It. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, and Jimmy? I had, uh, started off with Toxic Holocaust's uh, Primal Future 2019. It's just, uh, it's like one of my, Toxic is like one of my favorite, like, modern thrash bands, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I waited all year for that album to come out, so as soon as that one came out, that's what I threw all over, and, uh, Santana's Africa Speaks, which I gotta... Yeah. <laughs> Good pick. I can always, I don't know, I always like Santana, and I always like listening to, uh, like, funky live stuff. Yeah. Or, like, jammy stuff. A lot of, like, Almond Brothers and uh, Santana's, like, Live at Woodstock is always something I'm liking to listen to, so kind of like that Santana with the tribal African kind of sound mix. I just really dug it. Um, Gate Creepers Deserted, which uh, just a good release with sounds like some, like, classic death metal type stuff. Yeah. Some just sick riffs and just sludgy kind of sound. Um, a weird one on here, kind of the Ty Seagull's first taste which uh I like a lot of Ty Seagull's other stuff which sounds like a lot of like gr- garage rock I guess uh-huh. would be a good way to call it but this one uh I don't even think there is a single guitar on this album it's all just like electronic kind of like disco mm-hmm. pop stuff I don't know it's really weird but um it's an interesting listen for just a complete turn in genre styles for him yeah. and then uh Angel Witch is Angel of Light because I really uh, dig old bands like Angel Witch and uh, Venom and stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know. Angel of Light just it uh, sounded pretty much like their old stuff and just kicked ass. So there you go. I'd be remiss in giving my favorite albums of 2019. It would go to the Sudden Opera, Tony Bradshaw. This probably isn't even the best song off of that record, but. What is even figuring out what the best song is? It was one of them albums to where everything was gold. But this is a song called Didn't It Rain.
like that new Brittany Howard. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, good. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, at first, it was weird. At first, I didn't like it, but it grew on me. It, it took me a couple times. <laughs> it's, a, it's gotten a good bit of airplay in the store, I'd say. Yeah. We've had a good. bunch of like special editions and pressings of that one come through here. I know it's been a pretty popular pick. Yeah, especially around here. Yeah, I mean with <clears> Alabama <throat> shakes. Yeah, they always sell. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when uh, I wasn't here for it, but I remember when Alabama shakes did a release show right here. Oh yeah, in the store. I think I guess the latest release one was John Paul White. That would have yeah, been earlier he, um, this year. Yeah, he uh, or last year. It was built last year. He did, he came in the store and played a show. Um, yeah, and uh, we also had um, Saint Saint Paul and the Broken Bones came in. Yeah. Uh, they did a show here one time, but this time they just did a meet and greet. But they had the tickets sold for their show at Druid City. Mm-hmm. That was around the Bicentennial Fest and all that, right? Uh, uh, yeah, about. I think. I think it was a little bit after that. But anyway, uh, just over the decade from, uh, what, 2010 to 2019, what were some of the picks for the decade for y'all? Uh, I've been on kind of a jazz band for the past several months, and so my roommate got me turned on to Kamazi Washington. And his uh, album, The Epic, was is definitely one of my top picks. Uh, it's a crazy, like almost three-hour-long jazz album. Yeah. And it, it, he sounds like, to me, kind of sounds like John Coltrane, but he blows a lot harder into his saxophone. So it's John Coltrane, but wilder. Yeah. And uh, it's almost psychedelic, I'd argue. The He's played with some crazy, impressive musicians. Um and I know he was on like Kendrick Lamar, uh, to Butterfly, and he played with Thundercat and Flying Lotus. Yeah. Um, and it, it's great to hear that he's got his own music now because it's all fantastic stuff. Um, Daughters, you won't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I they were kind of unknown to me for a while. I never really dabbled into the like hardcore metallic hardcore scene, but they released a new album in 2018. Yeah. Called You Won't Get What You Want, and it was like a nightmare fueled modern industrial rock noise rock type thing and the first time i heard it i was terrified <laughs> it it is darker than any heavy metal album could ever expire aspire to be yeah but it it grew on me and definitely one of my favorite picks of the decade so like how'd you find it uh might have been anthony fantano okay. I, I don't really watch a whole lot of his videos but i know he gave that album a perfect review and i was like i gotta check this out yeah um Stephen Wilson's The Raven That Refused to Sing um, might be one of the best prog rock jazz fusion albums I've heard in, yeah. from modern times. Uh, same deal with Opeth's Pale Communion. Um, and then Baroness's Purple from 2015 I thought was absolutely fantastic. Cool. What about you, Jimmy? I got, um, I'd started out with Marcus King Band's self-titled Marcus King Band. I yeah. Could, I could sing the praises of Marcus King for God knows how long. Yeah, that's a little bit of that blues coming back, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's psychedelic, southern jazz, rock, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Have you had a chance um, to see him yet? I'm actually going to go see him uh, in New Orleans with Billy Strings come May. Nice. But um, that's uh, that's something I'm waiting for. Yeah, man. But um, and uh, then Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, the Night Creeper. Mm. Um, Good one. Oh, yeah. I just... Early, I don't know, Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats, a lot of that, like, doom and uh, kind of, I guess, stoner rock yeah. stuff I really dig. And that one with just kind of that, like, slasher kind of vibe to it that the whole album carries. They've got that, really. like, like 70s, like, or late 60s psychedelic feel, but also, like, kind of like a cult horror movie yeah. type vibe to them. Yeah. yeah. It's cool stuff. It's sick. And um, turn with Chance the Rapper's Covering Book, which, um... A lot of stuff. Like I got a decent, I got a little bit of rap in here. I don't know. The Chancellor rapper Childish Gambino's "Awaken My Love," which I just love the whole. Like, I love Funkadelic. And yeah. Parliament and almost anything George Clinton has touched. So the whole kind of like '70s funk, psychedelic funk aspect that uh, that whole album with Childish Gambino carries, I just absolutely love. Yeah, that was a that was a good album. I remember that one because it, it surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to be like that. Hey, catch caught me off guard. I'd heard Redbone like everyone else, but I thought, you know, if the rest of the album sounds like this, then yeah, that'll be pretty great. And then uh, talked about earlier, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Half the City is on here. So I 
can't go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong with uh, that kind of like southern like soul horns R&B kind of thing. Yeah, man. And just seeing them live, I like uh, what Saint Paul yeah. does with the the get up with the feathers. Oh and... man, I uh, <laughs> saw them at, when they did that concert for Druid City with Young Set Camilla um, for that album. I was able to get like right up against the stage. Yeah, and he was. Man, he's a showman. He just knows how to put on a good show. That whole band does. He is, man. I've, I'm so proud of what they've been doing, and it's just good to say that uh, they're from this area. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm. So, good one to claim. Yeah. And um, back to Toxic Holocausts, Conjuring Command. It's a lot of that kind of, uh, I don't know, thrash, metal, black, kind of black and thrash, I guess you could say. Yeah. Inspired stuff. Um, and Skeleton Witches, Devouring Radiant Light. Which uh, you know, a lot of earlier skeleton, which is more thrashy, but just kind of that. I don't know that whole album has like a haunting feeling to it with the black metal kind of inspiration. I would really dig. And Amina is good for you, which is just a banger, yeah, absolute banger. And uh, Ex Mortis, Slave to the Sword, um, which I really like their Moonlight Sonata, the Act Three on there. So I dig a lot of classical stuff with the back uh-huh. of the violin. And um, Sturgill Simpson's A Sailor's Guide to Earth. There you go. That's a good one. Can't go wrong there. Oh, no. He, uh, which I knew it was going to be different because he was doing all that, like, anime for the album, but that latest album that he put out, I knew that it was going to be very different. Oh, yeah. And it was a a way different than anything he had put out. Like, I was uh, blown away by Turtles all the way down. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. I always admire any kind of multimedia-type production. Like, uh, that one, I... I didn't know what it was, and when it came out, we had people coming in the store asking for it left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I checked it out uh, at home one day, and I've never been super big into country, but that was—I I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, especially with the screenplay to go with it. Yeah, and like he teamed up with Tyler Childers, and like uh, I'm not the biggest like I don't like anything hardly radio country, but yeah. like Tyler Childers and Sturgill, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just has a certain sincerity about it. And the fact that he didn't get invited into the CMAs, so he played outside. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was epic. And so uh, just to talk a little bit about 2020, and a lot of things have dropped already, and there's festivals. I don't know if y'all keep your eyes on different music festivals coming and who's set list and who's going to be there, but uh, uh, what are some things for 2020 musically that you are looking forward to, whether it's in your own music or uh, just a favorite band maybe getting together and putting something out this year? Um. I haven't really paid attention much to the roster of what new is coming this year. I'm kind of just waiting for things to reach me, I guess. Being here kind of helps with that because I always get updates on new releases. Yeah. But I'm definitely excited about getting our album out there. Sure. We uh, got about one more song to finish writing, and then we're planning on taking it to the studio whenever we can. Yeah. Cool, man. Great. What about you, Jimmy? Kind of the same way. I mean... Working here, you know, the music just kind of finds its way to us. Yeah. I mean, immediate. Talked about Marcus King earlier. He just released a solo album, with uh, which I absolutely dug for this year. But um, other than that, I'm just kind of waiting to see what I find or waiting for summer concert season, I guess. Yeah, and it won't be long and it'll be around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, anything else to add or subtract before we walk the thing out the door? Um, listen to Lunar Park. Talk about Lunar Park a little bit. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, I I guess I, I don't really know where I got the name for it. It was from a, a novel that I actually haven't read. <laughs> um, that it was it was an influence for a, a porcupine tree album I like. But uh, I don't know, it always it always had a nice ring to me. Lunar Bark did. Um, my goals for it, uh, I'd love to not be known as a guy who just does one thing. And yeah. Because. A lot of that extreme metal and progressive kind of storyline type stuff is at the core of my musical DNA. Regardless of what style I end up writing in, it's always tends to lean more conceptual. And you know, I've got like 10, 13 minute songs that, that I have thrown around in there somewhere. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about this album that's coming out. I've worked really hard on it. Yeah. And uh, finally, from working here and getting to know the music scene better. I've met some other musicians who are like-minded and uh, all very talented. And mm-hmm. I'm super excited about recording, getting it out there, and hopefully playing some shows. Yeah, great. 
And like I say, just send that stuff over, and I don't mind playing it here on the show. Absolutely, To get yeah. it out. Uh, and, guys, just for Oz Music, uh, ways to get connected and see what's going on. Uh, y'all got an Instagram page and a Facebook. It's mm-hmm. uh, Oz Music, right? Oz yeah. Music Online. Oz, Oz Music, Music Online. Online. And so even if you're not from uh, the Tuscaloosa area, but if you are, you'd, you'd be a fool not to stop in here if you like any kind of music or comedy or vinyls or movies even mm-hmm. movies records cds got it all just about anything we can get our hands on right and so uh stop in here and support your local record store um jason jimmy anything else uh-huh. i think that's, that's all cool guys it. appreciate y'all taking the time man. yeah of course thanks appreciate for having us on in. yeah man news and notes hey thank you so much for listening to another episode of porch talk if you would rate and review the show on whatever app it is that you listen to on Subscribe, leave a comment, share it with a friend, put it on your social media. Follow us on our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can see some of the photos uh, from behind the scenes and things way off the scene, and just some of the sketches that we video from time to time. Cool? All right, so we're going to walk this thing on out the door with Jason Templeton. We just had him here. He's just talking. This is his project. This is a song called Cosmonaut. And I'm getting on out of here. Peace out.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.